Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello there, everybody. This is a Game of Thrones podcast because... <laughs> why are we doing this? Because we get enough time between now and it's starting to recap one season a week because there are only eight weeks to go until Game of Thrones returns. Hello, everybody. Adam Cleary here for What Culture, the What Culture Podcast Network. We've got to call it now, right? Yeah. Joined by Adam Wilborn. Say hello. Hello. James Hunt. Say hello. Hello. The lesser spotted James Hunt. This is the only way we can get you on camera, isn't it? (laughs) Louis with the juicy carrot of a Game of Thrones podcast. (laughs) So, yes. As mentioned, what we're going to be doing is going back through all the old seasons of Game of Thrones, recapping what happened, how they make us feel as people, mm. and uh, yeah, getting the hype train going full steam, choo-choo. Uh-oh. Mother, oh, can't swear on these now, can Uh-oh. I? No, right, okay. So, this is the season one review mm. podcast. Yeah. Season one. So long ago. Ten years since it was filmed, something like that. Jeez, Nine since yeah. it was on our screens. Uh, nine since it was filmed. That Which, is absurd. Yeah. Now we watched it back. We would like watched all the cliff notes back. Mm. And we sort of like brushed up on it. They all look so young. I think is the main takeaway from this. Yeah. And likewise, they have the innocence of children, and thus so do I, <laughs> not having foreseen the horrors I was about to witness. Now, season one was. I mean, let's just let's just be a bit revisionist here. How well received was season one? It wasn't like. Did you two watch season one when it was first no. on? Yeah, James you did. did. Yes, was it, it? It wasn't a big deal back in season one. Um, was it? Not like to the extent it is now. It was still like it was getting there, and it was well received. It was got good reviews. It got a bit of hype. It was um, just a TV show, though, wasn't it? It yeah. was largest TV show. Yeah, um, it was around probably. I'd say maybe the Red Wedding was when it became like another <sighs> level of like. <laughs> we'll get to that in a month, but that's you know the later. It's just, it just, it staggers me watching it back, just how different it is, like in terms of the world building, in terms of the characters. I mean, no, that's part of the journey you go yeah. through with a TV show, but just how far the show has come in seven seasons. And it's not even like a TV show which has 25 episodes a season no. or whatever. They're, it's relatively short, it's consumable, like given how much source material they have mm. to go through. What is, what is the biggest difference for you between now and then? I think it is the, the scale, the scope of, you know, they've gone from those first 10 episodes where they had like what 6 million an episode and now season 8 a mere 6 million an episode <laughs> season 8 they're going to be spending like 15 million an episode or something and they couldn't show the battles in season 1 now it's like battles every episode <laughs> <laughs> um, actually you know a lot more about the source material than the rest of us were there huge battles left out of season 1 purely for financial reasons 
Not really, no. Um, the closest we get is like the Whispering Wood stuff, but mm. that kind of plays out as it does in the book anyway. Um, so there's not really any need for that in season one. Um, but obviously, as they go on, they want to show those those things. How much did, did we all remember from season one? Because in theory, you've seen this, so it should be like, yep, 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 yep. But there was a few things that jumped out. I was like, God, I forgot yeah. about all of that. I'd almost somehow managed to completely snip out the whole dynamic between Ned Stark and Robert Baratheon, like how unwinding it was. Like, I know obviously they were loggerheads, but I always mm. seem to remember mm. he invited him down, then when he died, they kind of screwed him. But they were at each other's throats for pretty much the entire season. When he was yeah, when he became Hand of the King, it wasn't like, oh, we're just good old mates, me and you, I'll just do whatever you say. He yeah. always questioned him. And then obviously mm. all the stuff with Danny, that really sort of was the catalyst for them falling apart. Yeah. It was it was a, a weird recapping it again, because I watched season one the mm. first time around I watched it I sort of blitzed I think about the first five seasons because it was, it was I think it was the build to season six mm. and I was like oh I should probably watch this it's quite popular and really <laughs> really good so when I went back to watch it again recently the yeah the amount of stuff that I'd completely forgotten about like Tyrion um, and um, Bronn going through the the woods and getting mm. kidnapped by that tribe and what have you completely forgot all about that there's there's so many yeah different little relationships and the builds to later seasons that you've arguably forgotten about and it's which is why it's worth recapping this sort of thing. Which character is the most different when you watch it back now? Is it Tyrion? Cersei or Jamie for me. Really? Yeah. Jamie's oh, quite Jamie's quite watching it back to, Yeah, yeah, what, diff, diff, how they've changed. Yeah, how they've changed. Yeah, I think just Jamie or Cersei. Jamie's ob- Jamie's the obvious shout I think because yeah. he's had the but Cersei? Yeah, I think just her development from like into like the main villain or one of the main villains. Uh-huh. I don't think that's there in season one and um, you know she's still very much like Robert Baratheon's wife and the mother of the children that's kind of her role and she's mm. scheming a little bit but she's not like the main political player yet and then the way that transitions I, I think that's one of the best arcs in the show Wilborn yeah I, I, th- I feel Jamie in the first season's arguably a little bit one dimensional arguably just like oh he's a git yeah, and then in later yeah. seasons he obviously, well, not not just in late season, but the second season, third season, and when, when he goes from mm. there, um, you really learn that he's, well, he learns as a character and mm. then obviously changes. But initially, yeah, I mean, literally episode one, he's just the guy who pushes a kid out of yeah. the window. It's so. kind of bizarre like, how visually they've all changed mm. to match their arcs because, like, as you say, he just looks like a git, doesn't he? Mm. He looks like a proper smug, like... Silver spoon, or oh, got in the um, in a nice part of the night because <laughs> my dad's like really important and that. But now he looks like when you, even when you see like Nikolai Costell yeah. getting interviewed, he looks more complex and interesting. Mm. Same yeah. with Lena Headey. The same. I mean, Tyrion now genuinely looks like somebody who's seen a lot of stuff. You were so blonde. <laughs> I know they were all so blonde back then, and now. So that's kind of weird. How, like, if you think about Tyrion and Jamie have moved away from being Lannisters, effectively. Mm-hmm. Like, they've become more complex than merely just the Lannister children. Yeah. Their characters have actually... Their hair colours moved away from Lannister. <laughs> yeah. Is that a visual cue we've all missed? Potentially, yeah. yeah. I just think it's it's quite fascinating when you watch it back because, obviously, over the course of eight seasons, well, seven, effectively, you've got to develop these characters. But mm-hmm. how much they do with all of them. I mean, like, even Jon Snow back then is, like, an incredibly different character to who he is now. I One thing that got me was how... Unimportant people like Varys and Littlefinger seem when you watch the first couple episodes. Like mm. I know, like Littlefinger's a bit with Ned, but yeah. they genuinely they just become they're random background characters. Mm. They're just in a couple of scenes. Mm. You think it's Ned's story, yeah. And obviously, which we'll get to at the end of the season, it's 
not. Did any of that surprise you? Well, if, yeah, if you're going to be placing bets on who, after watching the first season, who do you reckon is going to be sticking around until sort of season seven? Yeah. They're not the people that you'd pick out. Oh, and you'd, go, go, you'd go Robert and Ned. Yeah. yeah. And they don't even make it out of season one. <laughs> they don't even make it out. <laughs> yeah. It's... The, the, the character arcs for some people are very abrupt in certain points, and then others, yeah, who you feel are just like... Like Littlefinger, you can tell he's got a bit a bit of something about him, but arguably, initially, you're just like, oh, that's nice, he's been really helpful for them, and oh, he's, he's helping Ned out, that's good of him, and then obviously there's the yeah. turn. Um, but yeah, it's, it's subtlety is, is what I, I think a lot of people really enjoy about Game of Thrones, that they're not just like, this person is bad, and they mm-hmm. will be bad throughout. Um, and like Danny, you know, Danny comes across as this, especially in the first couple of episodes, as this timid sister mm. who, so, who the brother says, "I'll let their entire, you know, clan and horses sort of run train on you, and then if that gets me an army, run train." That's not technically what he says. I'm fairly certain. <laughs> is, that, is that an expression? That's a thing. There's definitely run a train, thing. and that means. Well, I think that means. Yeah, I think so. Run train. Okay, we're, we're getting off topic here. Anyway, <laughs> that's horrible. But she comes across as that, and then you know, obviously, I by the end, think of pi- is pistons now. That's absolutely revolting. You sh- that, that's enough from you. Okay. Anyway, that's enough from you. I'm kind of more interested in what you think because you watched it. Because uh, oh, me and yeah, me and him, you, Bond. me and yeah. him watched it like when it was already a thing. Yeah. And we kind of, I wouldn't say I rushed through the first couple. This is I, I remember why I stopped. <laughs> I wouldn't say I rushed through the first couple of seasons uh-huh. when I was watching it, but I was aware that this is like the past of the show that I want mm, to watch, yeah. and I wanted to get up to date with as quickly as possible. Whereas for you, mm-hmm. it wasn't like that. You were just consuming it as it came. When you first, the first time you saw season one, what did you think it was a story of? Because I know we open with a thing about White Walkers mm-hmm. and the dragon thing comes into it towards the end. Yeah. But what did you think it was a story of when you watched it? Um, I think largely the focus and what you think it's going to build on is the stuff with Ned Stark and the Starks feed the Lannisters and kind of expanding upon mm. that conflict. Because um, I'm like watching season one in 2011 and you're like one of the person who watched it and... Like had no one talked about it. I used to like have Wikipedia <laughs> open, like follow who every character was. Yeah, I just didn't have a clue, and it's just like, yeah, don't see it going where it's gone. It is a, a weird start when you watch it again. I mean, you know, we know now all the intertwining stories and the fact they're all building eventually to yeah. to collide with each other. But the fact it starts and it's sort of this ice zombie, and then yeah. it's just for a couple of episodes, it's just. Yeah, no, that didn't. No, it's like they like they forgot it happened. Yeah, and they're just, just like never and now, yeah, politics. It's 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 a surreal rewatch, but yeah, I can't imagine what it must have been like when they first started. And they're like, "What's going to happen in episode <laughs> two? I can't watch it immediately." Do you think that's overall because it's gone? It's become a huge fantasy epic now. I mean, mm-hmm. the last scene we saw of the show was a zombie ice dragon melting a eight hundred foot ice wall so that an army of the undead could march into the land of the living. Mm-hmm. That is full scale. I see you twitching there because I've got the height of the wall wrong, haven't I? <laughs> I can just, when you say 800 foot, I just saw his like <laughs> Anyway, it's like a full-scale, massive fantasy yeah. epic now. And as you say, it's just, here are some politics and a bit of incest. <laughs> and, oh dear, this child has fallen down. Like, is it, be- is it the better for it? Has it? Do you think, do you feel like that first season is the, is the right first season, the right tone, the right themes? For what the show became, or do you th- is it jarring watching it back now? Um, no, I think it's. I think it works. Obviously, it, you know, it expands out and the world gets bigger mm. and more a lot more characters come into it. Especially like season two, um, it feels like almost like a second first season and stuff, which is something we'll maybe come to. Um, but yeah, I think and having like the book end of opening with White Walkers, finishing with dragons, mm. it's basically telling you like all this stuff's going to happen in between, but it plays like the themes of like the futility of war and all these like rivalries and political machinations you have ultimately aren't going to mean that much because 
death is coming. Mm-hmm. Rewatching it again, that is a real sense you get of all these people scrabbling around. I want to be on the throne. Yeah. I want to have an army. And you're just like, guys, it really doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. It does not matter. There's bigger issues here. Was there anything that didn't happen in season one that you thought happened in season one? Because remember when I watched it back, there were a few things. I was like, I'm where's the, where's he? Where's where's all? Yeah, this? in your yeah. head, you placed them yeah. early on in the story. W- one thing that did happen that I thought didn't happen in season one was because when I first watched it, I was watching it with my girlfriend, and she'd obviously seen it a million times. And we were, it, it got one of the, you know, when you're watching it, it's like you've watched this before, mm-hmm. so you can't really keep track of it. Mm. And I managed to miss the first time I ever watched it, miss the entire episode where Ned gets attacked. And Danny's brother gets the gold crown poured onto him. So the next <laughs> time, well, we went back thankfully because about two episodes later, I went, "Where's Danny's brother in all this?" And she was like, "He got killed." I was like, "Was that off screen?" Or and it's like, "No, it's quite a, it's quite a big moment that with these." Yeah. yeah. So uh, rewatching it again was nice to rem- remember it in order this time, not having to go back near the end of the first season and going. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's why Ned was in chains randomly at the start of one of the episodes. It's kind of odd, like, especially when you go back to Danny's storyline, because <laughs> she spent so long away from the Dothraki yeah. as she, you know, did her own thing. It's kind of weird to see her effectively not, not back where it all began, like where she's <laughs> getting run through like a train, as you put it. It's a thing. But the way they present the Dothraki in the first season is very mm. much as like, these guys are, they're legit, like, they could conceivably, you can see why he's gone to them to try and raise his yeah. army to go back. Um, to Westeros to reclaim his, <laughs> his throne. But I just thought it was, was it not a bit weird, like seeing Danny back with the Dothraki, but like Danny, like Danny Danny, little timid mm. Danny, as opposed to like the queen. Yeah, oh, that's nice. I've got some dragon eggs as a present. Guess they'll never hatch. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was surreal seeing her back there. Yeah, it, like especially like the first episode where she just is having a bath. And they're like, <laughs> oh, careful, it's a bit hot in there. And that's this obviously yeah. the alluding to stuff that comes later on. It is weird, yeah, to see her from go from one of, one of the most key characters, one of the people that we are pitching for season eight to have, well, arguably the biggest one of the biggest roles mm. in the conclusion of it. To yeah, take it all the way back to my brother's gonna let a, a tribe of people. Go on, say it. Say a new one this time. Say a really. Say an even yeah, worse come one. Come on. No, I'm not gonna say an okay. even worse one. No. Have their way chuck me around like an empty tracksuit like that is yeah. that what you meant to say yeah. James what was your favourite little nod and wink in season one Not to like me. like a little nod and a wink like a little he said like when Danny gets in the bath she cannot be burned it's like oh she just likes hot baths like that's how you mm. sort of took it in mm. season one Yeah. was there anything else that you're like oh I missed mm. that that's quite clever yeah I think like stuff like when they find the dire wolf and it's been like killed by like the stag and then mm. there's like things like uh, Ned's death and stuff like that um there's a bit when Bran and Rickon are talking um, after Rob and Ned have left, and Bran says, "Don't worry, like they'll be back." And Rickon, in like his only moment in the show, just goes, <laughs> "No, they won't." <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "Oh." There's lots. I mean, the amount of articles we've done pulling out little Easter eggs and references mm-hmm. here. I thought, I mean, there's two or three in season one, but do you think the show sort of wasn't quite as self-aware of what a what a thing it had become in season one because there's not there's not a lot of bait in there, mm. you know what I mean? There's not mm. so many moments which are designed to make you sort of like, oh, what's that? Whereas like in sort of, from like three mm-hmm. up until the present, everything they do now, they leave just open enough for oh, people yeah. to sort of debate because they realise like how important of the show it is to have like these fine conversations, these water cooler moments. Yeah. There's not quite as many of them in season one. It feels just more like a regular mm-hmm. TV. I remember, I mean, I don't know whether you wrote it or not, but I've definitely done it in a video somewhere 
the idea that Ned walks into a pigeon that flies off immediately as his head's cut off. But that's that's it, really. That's the only like <laughs> wild theory you can take out of season one. Unless am I forgetting any? Um, not really. No, I think that's like obviously the big one is like John Snow's parentage, mm. and that's like there's little things in there like when um, Ned says, "Sees him off to the wall." Yeah, you yeah. are my blood, which is very like mm. clever wording, and or we'll talk about your mother when I, when we like next meet, mm. and it's like ah, oh, they might. The, in the might. I mean, when that pigeon comes back, might force. Go- <laughs> can, can he force ghost? Don't aren't Disney going to own this by this point? Oh yeah. Can he force ghost? In? I don't know. Whether this <laughs> this could have been written about. When you said force ghost, I thought you like meant his dog. And like, can, <laughs> can you make him do something? Yeah, it's weird seeing the dogs if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. How little screen time they've got lately. What are the ca- what I'm trying to think, what are the characters do we now get like a nice bit of screen time with in season one who we haven't <laughs> seen in ages? I think Jorah Mormont feels really important. Because yeah. I think he, the more power Danny gets in the later seasons, the less he just kind of feels like he's there and he's mm. helping out. Whereas in this one, he does feel crucial, I think. Does he feel crucial now? There's a lot of actually, there's actually a lot of parallels you can draw between season one and season eight, isn't there? So it kind of feels like a lot of it's come full mm. circle, especially mm. when it, in regards. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In regards to it, were there any particular moments you really enjoyed? What's like your favourite season one moment? Well, it's uh, not really enjoyed, but I, I distinctly remember watching Ned's execution... <laughs> this is a weird place to start for a topic like this. Because, as with, I'm sure you will have had this, when you're watching it not in order, not when, no, not, no, 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 not when it comes out. So you already know a few things. Mm-hmm. So when I was re- when I was watching Game of Thrones, I knew there was a thing called the Red Wedding where terrible stuff mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. And I, every wedding that there is, I was going, oh, bloody hell, <laughs> it's going to be this. But Ned, Ned's thing, even, I like, I knew Ned dies. I knew yeah. the whole thing of, you have to kill Sean Bean off to make something good, effectively. Mm-hmm. And even when he's he's there and they're going to cut his head off and Joffrey goes, cut his head off. Cut his head off. I went, nah, they're not going to do it here. Yeah. Like, I distinctly remember thinking, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Something's going to stop this. I know he's going to die eventually, but it won't be this. Yeah. And right up until the moment where you see the sword coming down and then, as you say, the bird flying off, I just that's one of the real vivid memories of me going, oh, I, I guess he's dead now then. <laughs> What was some of yours? 
Uh, my favourite one's the um, the trial by combat, the first one with the, the, with the moon door. Oh yeah, mm. you do not fight with honour. He did. Bron's a real low key MVP of that yeah. season. Yeah, he's awesome. for me. Like he's got very limited screen time, but what he does is I think is very. He's probably the one character who stayed so consistent throughout the show. Like he's never yeah. really learned anything. <laughs> he's never like he even now tells Jamie like I'm just just give me my castle <laughs> and my fit wife and I am out of here. The only time he ever even. Slightly flickers on that's where he's decided to take on a dragon instead of pelting it, which is, I mean, more fool him. <laughs> the moon door, that's kind of my favorite bit in the whole season. But I just, if you go back through everything that happens, so much of it, like mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't, fe- it didn't feel like groundwork laying at the time. But when mm. you look at what, like the moves that happen, so much of it is of very little consequence in season one. Like Arya starts learning to fight with a sword. Yeah. It was really boring. Like I thought the Arya stuff in season one was like, Oh, here she goes. She's got a wooden sword. But now, like, it's so important mm-hmm. who, who her character is. You guys think find there was anything in season one that really didn't grab you at the time, but now you're so glad was part of the show? I don't know. That's a... It's a great question. I know. It's really yeah. Hard. yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose, yeah. I think the Arya stuff's very good, yeah, because it, it plays into her character. But... Um, I think I, I think the 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 connections between the Lannisters mm-hmm. you think that it's just family infighting and then mm-hmm. it grows and grows and grows even just throughout throughout season 1 where you go oh they're just bickering or what have you and then like like you say Cersei comes comes from being this person who you just think is a bit of a grumpy queen mm-hmm. to actually one of the main you know one of the main players in the whole thing and I think that just develops not only in season 1 but obviously in in later seasons as well but I I don't know. I suppose maybe because I'm because re- I was watching rewatching it recently. You all you you're thinking everything's going to be relevant, mm-hmm. so you're sort of looking out for that. Whereas at the time, yeah, when you dismissed off, like I know there's a there's I was watch, rewatching. I think I think it's in season two, possibly just in season three. I'm just rewatching it at the moment. There's a bit with the red woman where she gets choked, and he says, "Well, how, what do you know about suffering?" And she mm-hmm. goes, "Trust me, I've suffered a lot." And you go, at the time, you were just like, "Oh, she's just trying to say yeah. anything to stop him from choking her." Whereas you actually go. Oh yeah, no, the necklace and the naked and the old and yeah, that yeah. Rob Stark. Yeah. How weird is it that he exists? Because of all the people who've died, all the major deaths, and he was probably the biggest character they killed off in season three. Three, yes. Um, He doesn't feel to me like a huge deal in this. I can see his I can see his importance from a Mm storyline perspective, Uh but the way the episodes actually zone in on him. Yeah. Does right up until the end where he gets um, pronounced king in the north, it doesn't feel like he's all that important. And I was expecting when I watched it back that he would be like one mm. of the real mm-hmm. focal points. But they spent so much time in King's Landing, so much time on Ned, so much time on Robert Baratheon, yeah. and so much time with Danny. He just kind of he fell off for me. Mm. Is that? I mean, is that? Am I um, alone here? Uh, not entirely. I think I, mean, I really like Rob as a character. I think he's great, and I mm. love that King in the North moment. But I do think there is a thing, even from season one, um, even if like maybe the storyline isn't telling you of how they build up John and Daenerys as being the two most important people mm-hmm. in this story. And they do it in sometimes quite subtle ways. Um, they focus on them quite a lot. And obviously it becomes their story, so we want to focus on them. Um, so even though you think, oh, Rob's, he's the main guy, he's the king, but really he's not that important ultimately. Going to spring a big question on you both now. Okay. Season one is mm-hmm. whose story? I, why, HOs, in your honest opinions? 
I-Y-H-O. Well, you know you have I-M-H-O. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Just trying to sort of push that out. On um, it, it's presented as Ned's. And it's not Ned's story, obviously, because he dies. Um, you can die in your own story. Have you read the Bible? The dude dies in that. <laughs> um, I think it's mostly Danny's. If, if, if anyone's. If anyone's I'd Danny's say story. Danny's because of, she has a very strong, clear arc throughout of going from this vulnerable girl who she's got this horrible brother, she's been sold off into same, like slavery basically almost. Yeah. Um, you know, she's been raped and then she kind of takes command of her own life. Uh, she takes her agency, she takes control of the Dothraki, she has the dragons, steps out of the fire, that's like the big ending moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that makes it hers. Top, yeah, top that. And the only, one, the only name that popped in my head as whose story it could be is Joffrey's because he goes from being this, this, this king-in-waiting this guy who, you know, is is establishing himself and getting to know Ned's children and what have you, and he has the clashes with Arya, of mm-hmm. course, um, to suddenly, at the end, going from a bit part player that just does <clears throat> does as his mother tells him to immediately taking control. You know, Cersei's there saying, if you apologise, you know, yeah. you'll be forgiven and what have you, we'll send you to the wall, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Joffrey just seizes that moment and says, oh, they, they asked me to do this, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm better than them. I'm the king now. I run this place. Cut his head off. It's kind of interesting to see him go from that. He's, I think it might be the first episode where he just gets bullied by the butchers, where mm. he, gets, he falls <clears> over, <throat> yeah. and he's having some kid lanced for his trouble, to them being the man who effectively instigates the war that defines yeah. the next two yeah. series of the show. I say man, the pube. He's, um, <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as it's his story, but it definitely, he probably goes from... He goes from naught to sixty the most in that season. I think he's the one yeah. who, the one whose importance by the end is so much greater than his importance at the he, start. He's definitely the one rewatching it where the most visceral response with everything he did with the, the Butcher's mm-hmm. Boys you mentioned there to obviously killing Ned off. He's the one where I had to sit there and go, "He's going to die." Just yeah. remember, he's going to have <laughs> a really horrible, horrific death, Adam. Just just get through this. Was there, I'm going to go to uh, the bookman here, oh, no. was there anything in season one that we missed that was in the books? Anything they majorly left out? Um, not really, no, actually. Season one is the most faithful to the books. Is that a fact? Um, they kind of like, they divert a little bit each season mm-hmm. upon season um, until they get like sort of like seasons four and five mm-hmm. and that's when they start really kind of starting to do their own things, five especially. Um, there's certain like characters, like Roz is kind of mostly a show invention. There's mention of like a red-haired prostitute, but... Mm-hmm. She doesn't really have a, a role, and then obviously in the show, she's very important for the sex position of season one. <laughs> um, nice. So there's like there's little things like that, certain characters that are cut out um, who aren't maybe that important, or certain storylines that are sped up or mm. shortened, stuff like that. But in terms of like the overall plot, it's very much. It. I just remember you know you asked me earlier something that you forgot that you forgot happened in season one until you rewatched it. You forget until you rewatch it just how close Ned is to leaving King's Landing. Yeah. He's about to leave and then Littlefinger talks him out talks of him out of, well, not even talks him out of him, talks him into staying just that little while mm-hmm. longer. I thought you were gonna say you forget how much shagging was in the early seasons. <laughs> there's a lot. Because the kind of phase as it's become like a much bigger deal. As you say, there's not really much sex no. position now. But season one is that's all there is. Yeah. Well, we need to sort of like introduce half the characters. Yeah. yeah. And there's like certain episodes where it just goes from like one sex scene to the next sex scene. Like, is that? It's so weird. Is that bad? Is it? Is it? Is that bad storytelling? Or are we all just horn dogs that miss it? I, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think you kind of need it to establish like Tyrion because that's the that's the one dimension of his character that you get introduced to, and then it obviously evolves, and you see him being arguably the best Lannister or the best, the, the top shagger, yeah, the top right. shagger indeed. But you know, this you can arguably see it because if you're going to try and sell it <laughs> to to a to a casual TV fan, like. It's a fantasy thing. People might turn their nose up at yeah. it. But don't worry, there's loads of death and shagging. Bucks and wenches. That's it. And yes. gore. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. That's like, I mean, <laughs> I think I had it sold to me as Lord of the Rings, but with like sex and more violence. That's literally how you and, sold it to me as well. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Sounds good. So, <laughs> Any chance we're getting that back in season eight? I don't know if there's time for, for shagging, mate. It's... I think there's only there's only one bit of sex position needed done, and we, that was at the end of season seven. Yeah. Yeah, and that was weird. It was weird. Because that's so... his auntie, for Christ's sake. How many times have I got to say it? That and it's his he... auntie. It was the fact that Bran was speaking over it. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh I forgot about that bit. Yeah. And I, sh- I still want to I... explain how Grey Worm got his end away. Um, I'm, still, I'm still confused by all You never that. heard Rob One Out as an expression? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> there you are. Um... Who is your favourite character? We're gonna we're gonna wrap we're gonna wrap this up with the easy questions, right? In who is your favourite character in season one? And if you need to caveat this by telling us who your favourite character is overall, just to like maybe mm-hmm. maybe show the difference in your opinion, yeah. then you know, feel free. Okay, we're gonna start you go, you, with you. Oh, with me first. Uh, my favourite character overall is probably Pod. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> of course, it is. Pod's man. such a weird one because Pod's one. That, I suppose Pod's one where I. He's one that I really... Anytime he's in any danger, I'm like, all right, I realise you might kill Jon Snow. I realise you might kill Danny. I re- you know, these are key characters. I feel like, Pod, just let him live, please. Uh, when, I, when I went to uh, Comic-Con, I got my photo with Pod. Everyone else got their photo with Hodor or Hodor. I've seen that, yeah, as a photo yeah. with Pod. <laughs> I don't know why. What doesn't Hodor, he's not really season doesn't one. Doesn't Hodor cho- charge more for a photo if, if the door's in it? You had, yeah, I think it was... <laughs> I went to, when yeah, I went to what? Comic-Con, I think it was... I don't know, so let's say £30 for a photo with Hodor yeah. and £40 for a picture with Hodor <laughs> and the door, which my friend got around by wearing a T-shirt with a door on it. Nice. So there you go. Um, Favourite character? Taking food out of his children's mouth there, isn't he? That's, anyway, carry on. He's got his DJ career, he's fine. DJ! Um, Favourite character? I suppose because he's just so pure right up until he doesn't exist anymore, it's probably Ned, because he's, mm. just, he's just always on the side of right. And then he dies. <laughs> Jimmy Jangles? Um, in season one, Tyrion. I think for the first two or three seasons, I think Tyrion is like, he's the man. He's yeah. kind of, he gets all the best lines. He does all the best stuff. He's the most entertaining. He's a bit like a bad guy, but not totally. He's like really fits that like kind of in the middle approach. Um, and going on now, it's probably Jamie. Interesting, interesting. But in season one, Bronn's my favourite character, yeah, and course, he is yeah. good. He is good yeah. in season one, but I agree with you. I think Tyrion's by far and away the most mm. interesting. Tyrion was the reason that kept me coming back in season yeah. one, because I'll be honest, wasn't immediately sold on it after the first That's few right. episodes. Wasn't immediately sold. I was like, you know what? Some of the dialogue's good in this. I like that little fella. So uh, yeah. I keep coming back for that. So I really, yeah, I think Tyrion is the... Um, yeah. uh, and now I've said my favourite moment in season one is the moon door bit. Mm-hmm. Last question. What is your favourite moment in season Ooh. one? That bit when Tyrion slaps Joffrey. Oh yeah, that is great. Well, he's got yeah. it now. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to stop that. <laughs> Bollocks. Um, yeah, the bit where he slaps the taste out of his mouth yeah. several several times is really enjoyable. Uh, oh god, how on earth do I top that? I think just King the North. I think yeah, the the, 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 the bit where they all great. join forces and 
I mean, you all know, you know it's going to go wrong eventually, but you're like, well, this is nice for the time being. So King of the North slapping the taste out of his mouth. He did. I think that's, pre- that's fairly, that's a nice yeah. spread. Yeah. If, I think you forget how good season one was, to be honest, yeah. because it's, the show has improved in quality. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. uh, fairly consistently, I think. I mean, people are maybe a little bit iffy about mm. season seven, but I think by and large, the arc's been fairly good. faffing about in Dorm. I don't really like well, that. I would, I would say season one is, it's better than two for me. Oh, um, well, we'll discuss that next week. Yeah. Probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, let us know what your favourite moment was. Favourite character, favourite moment, everything you thought about season one. Because obviously, we're everybody, everybody's recap watching it now, mm-hmm. aren't we? We're all getting up to date with it because it's in eight weeks' time. James, the date, please. Uh, April 14th in the States, so we'll get it on the 15th. Well, you'll get, you'll get Game ep- of Thrones ups and downs on the 15th, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. How many episodes do we get? Six. Six. Jeez. And they're all... Four hours? Five hours long? <laughs> yeah, it's like ten hours long each. Yeah. They are officially at least... The shortest ones are an hour, aren't they? Um, looks like... They haven't really confirmed it. There's like some released stuff. There's uh-huh. nothing like official of... Some are going to be upwards of... There'll probably be some like 80 to 90 minutes-ish. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So we're basically just going to get six films to see us home on really? TV, one a week. Not yeah. bad, is it? That's... Yeah, I mean, look... I'm actually trembling excited. <laughs> anyway, let us know your favourite moments, favourite characters, anything you noticed about season one, as well as how excited you are for season eight in the comments below. And of course, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Thank you very much for watching the first Got Culture in a good uh, long time, too long. I think. But yeah, you're going to be loads of these now because it's so soon. Uh, in the meantime, though, we're going to get you on Twitter. Uh, at Adam Wilborn. At James Hunt 182. Uh, at Adam Cleary, C-L-E-R-Y. And you get us all at What Culture G. OT. But in the meantime, though, again, thank you very much for watching. We'll see you soon. Any Game of Thrones puns we can do on the on the goodbye bit? Anyone? Uh, <laughs> just say winter is coming. It is. Yeah, we're, no. we're not because we're going now. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there's no cure for being a cop. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.